Three, if you've got, if you've got a good pastor, that's one thing, but if you've got a man of God, you ought to have special days, praise God. For every preacher, for every real one, there's several phonies and uh, people just apt to try to build something for themselves. You are a blessed people. You're a blessed people, and I mean that. First Timothy chapter 3, and um, we'll read this familiar text, um, God's Word. It's concerning God's man. And uh, I, since I was here last, uh, the older people at our church told me that I'd get up one morning and wouldn't be able to see. And I did just that. I went to the pulpit one Sunday morning, and it was all just a big blur. And I found some glasses, and they looked like Coke bottles. And I literally had to stand back here and read the, the text. But I found me some, and uh, I can read now. I give God all the glory for taking my eyesight. Amen. He knew I didn't need it. Amen. All right, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 1. The Bible says, This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality and apt to teach. Not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre. See, the Lord knew the kind of things that was going to be uh, tempting to men of God. You look around, this is here for a reason. That's why we see so many folks struggling with this that claim to be preachers in these last days. He said, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall in the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, amen, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. You can be seated tonight. I'm going to try to preach from this text uh, just simple on God's message concerning God's man. We're going to find out what the Bible says about the man you call your pastor. And uh, most, I just want to give you uh, just a few thoughts out of this chapter here. We're going to get to where my burden is. We'll hunker down for a few minutes and, uh, and I'll empty my heart, Lord willing. Uh, in your King James Bible, the man of God is called several things. He's called an elder, which speaks of someone's uh, maturity, their wisdom. Uh, he's called a bishop, and that's one that oversees. He's just overlooking. Uh, then he's called the pastor. That's one that cares for the flock. Uh, amen. Whether it's reproving, rebuking, or exhorting, it's all to be done for the glory of God, for the good of the saint of God. Amen. A preacher that loves you will tell you the truth. Amen. A preacher that loves you, rather hurt your feelings, is let sin get in and destroy your life. Amen. Uh, he's called a pastor. He's called a preacher in the scripture. That's one who deals with the word of God, reproves, rebukes, and exhorts, gives the whole counsel of the word of God. You ought to thank the Lord you got a preacher that ain't scared to preach on parts of the Bible. Amen. Amen. He's at, he ought to be apt to teach. Uh, thank the Lord for good teaching. But then uh, one that we don't hear a lot preached, and us preachers uh, don't never need to forget it, uh, servant. He's called a servant. Amen. 
the man of God is not up here and everybody else down here. I like these preachers that say we instead of you. Amen. Uh, I preach the message on uh, what's the matter with you, but I title it what's the matter with us. Amen. The man of God ain't no better than you are. We're at our best day, we're human beings. Amen. And uh, we're to be a servant. Amen. A good, godly man, pastor of a church, is a servant. Amen. I want you to look. We look in the text. We see the call of the pastor in verse number one. It says, um, if any man desire the office of a bishop. And the first time I read that after I got saved and called the preach, I thought, uh, something might be wrong with me because I never have desired to uh, to pastor a church. I I, I was a, uh, started out Sunday school teaching and went to Bible college with no desire whatsoever to ever have a title. I couldn't talk to people. I was backwards. Um, I, I couldn't keep from crying because I couldn't get over being saved. And uh, but that word desire means to reach forth. It means to stretch out. It means to grab a hold to. So the Bible said, if any man desire the office of a bishop, God calls that man. And that man's got enough faith to lay hold on what God's called him to do and give it all he's got. Amen. Amen. I didn't have a desire. God put a desire in my heart, and I could not get away from it. Amen. And uh, I'm thankful I know I'm in the will of God as much tonight as I know I'm saved. Amen. Amen. Nothing like being in the will of God. The call of the pastor, so we see he's a hand-picked man. God calls the pastor. And then he's a highly privileged man. It's called a good work. He he desires the office of a bishop. He desires a good work. It's, um, uh, I don't think there's no higher office on planet earth tonight than the office of the pastor. You may not agree with me tonight, but I believe it's, it's to be respected. I believe in God's eyes it's higher than the President of the United States of America. There's no greater work than being called to be the pastor of a local New Testament church. Only hope for America tonight is not... It's not more programs and more YMCAs. Nothing wrong with a lot of that stuff, but we need more preaching. Amen. I'll say this about the man of God. Between you and shipwreck, amen, is a man of God with a message from God. Amen. Not three points in a poem, but a word from Almighty God will keep your family together. Amen. Keep you out of divorce court. Keep from sin, from ruining your life. Thank God for a man of God. I'm I'm partial. Amen. I love my pastor tonight. I, I love him. I respect him. I appreciate men of God. Amen. 2 Timothy 4.1, in the last days, in the days of filth, we're living in them right now, in the days of, of wickedness and things that don't even need to be mentioned in a crowd like this, that's how filthy our world's become. Paul told Timothy, you preach the word. Don't try nothing else. If preaching does not help us, we don't have no hope tonight. Thank God for preaching. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, we see the call of the preacher. Then, real quickly tonight, in verses 2 through 7, we see the character of the preacher. And uh, let me go on record tonight. I believe the cleanest man on his street ought to be the man of God. I believe he ought to live clean. He ought to look right. He ought to talk right. I believe he ought to have a great attitude and a good personality. We're not perfect, but we do represent this sacred desk and this good church, and we ought to live holy. You know what we are? What we are is what we do when nobody's looking. Amen. 
See, we, we can do anything when we're in front of somebody. We can make folks think we're holy, but we are what we are when we're by ourselves and we get to exercise our own will when nobody's looking. That's what we really are. Please don't get quite on that point. Amen. You got to, amen. Uh, the man of God ought to be doing right. The character of the preacher. Amen. Can't be a crook. Amen. He, he can't dodge his, the ones he owes money to. Amen. Amen. The Bible said that he's to be blameless. That covers it all. Amen. You ought to try that sometime. Living blame. Every time I go through them qualifications, I get to want to go get a job. Amen. That's tough. Amen. You ever tried living blameless? Yeah. My wife said she's the only one that's ever been able to do that. Amen. Blameless. That covers everything. That's not bringing a reproach on, on your family, on the church. Uh, husband of one wife, we all know what that means. Amen. One, that's the opposite of two. Amen. And uh, vigilant, uh, that means to have temperance, self-control. Man of God can't be a, t a time bomb. Amen. I know some that is. They're they looking for an argument. Praise God, in 2023, you'll find one amongst a bunch of Baptists. Amen. But he's to be, he's to be have control over himself, be able to walk away, be able to keep his mouth shut. Then he's to be sober, serious-minded, alert, takes the office and the pastor serious. Amen. Nothing wrong with a little humor. Amen. But there's a lot uh, wrong with that's all you got humor. Some folks got more, uh, more uh, joke books than they do sermon books. Amen. 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 Man of God ought to be serious. Amen. Of good behavior. Amen. Given to hospitality. And uh, that, that means being able to make a stranger feel welcome. Somebody you've never met and make them feel welcome and make them feel at ease around you. My wife said that I, it took me 20 years out of 25 years to get that. Being hospitable, being uh, folks used to come over to our house. And the first hour, man, I'm just, what can I get you to drink? You need anything? I mean, can I get you? Let my wife's got something cooked. Can I get the second hour? You know, I'm, um, y'all need anything to drink? You know, and, and then the, the third hour, and then one night we were sitting there, and it was on Saturday night, probably one o'clock in the morning. I've got to preach the next morning. We got this crowd in there. They, they're on fire for the Lord. Ain't got no common sense. And um, I, said, um, I said, my wife didn't know what I was doing. I said, let's do a Bible study. And uh, my wife said, what's he doing one o'clock in the morning? I said, I tell you what, dude, let's just open the Bible here somewhere. Proverbs 25. Uh, look at verse number 17. And uh, so help me, I did this. I, I was ready to go to bed. And I said, I have you, young man, sir. I said, you read that verse to us and tell us what you think it means. Withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house, lest he get weary of thee and hate thee. And uh, he read it and he read it again. And they looked at each other and my wife's face is red as a pickle beet. And uh, his wife said, I think they're ready for us to go. I said, he's got that text figured out. Boy, God done showed him something. Amen. And uh, hey, at one o'clock in the morning, you don't have to be hospitable, praise God, on Saturday night. You've got to have enough sense to go. Amen. That time of night. Amen. Then uh, apt to teach, not given to wine, not a striker, uh, not, not guilty, not of uh, 
filthy lucre, uh, making money. That's making dirty money. We got preachers now. They got seven different businesses. Hey, thank God for a man that's not scared to work, but I don't think you ought to be making dirty money. Amen. Uh, greedy, filthy lucre. Amen. Then he's to be patient. And uh, we're all working on that one. Willing to be long-suffering. Uh, that's dealing with folks when you preach on something on Sunday. And then uh, uh, maybe they're not here. They call you on Monday. You preach on Sunday night on how to deal with the attacks of the devil. Then somebody's not there and they call you at 6 o'clock on Monday morning and say, I just want to talk to you. The devil's been attacking me. And uh, you want to say, but you got to have patience, but you want to say, I preached on that last night and you wasn't there. Amen. But you got patience and you don't say that. Amen. That's what patience is. Then you're not a brawler. Amen. Not looking for somebody to argue with. You see this crowd, this crowd on the internet nowadays, they're always arguing with somebody. Amen. Listen to me, please don't do that. Please don't do that. They're straightening out everybody. Amen. Finding fault with everything. They're looking for somebody to argue. I don't think God's in that one bit. You got lost people looking at that. Praise God. I don't think the Lord's in it. So he's not a brawler. He's not covetous. Amen. Can't spend all your money on things you want and don't need. Amen. We've got to be an example. Then verse 4 and 5, there's instructions for the man of God's home. He's to be the head of the house. And um, that simply means that the wife's not the head of the house. Amen. I know we're going a little deep tonight. Amen. But he's to be the spiritual leader. Amen. Not the spiritual dictator. He's not to be the one to uh, lead arrogantly. He's just to be, he's responsible. God walked into the Garden of Eden and said, Where art thou, Adam? Amen. The man's going to give an account. He better lead, praise God. Amen. We, it's, uh, it don't work out when a woman is the loudest one of the crowd. Amen. Amen. Just the one does all the talking. We had a man come in to preach one night, and they walked up, and I said, uh, how you doing, preacher? And his wife said, he's been doing pretty good. And I said, okay. And I said, uh, how far did y'all have to come? She said, oh, we drove about three hours. And for the first 10 minutes, I couldn't get a word to that preacher because his wife would not be quiet. Now, I can tell by the way you're looking, y'all don't have that problem down here. But praise God, let the man of God, let, let him be the leader, praise God. Anything with two heads is a freak. Amen. Never does work out. He's to be the head of the home. He's to rule his home well. Um, they may be stuff takes place in the home, but the man of God is to r- deal with it. He's to rule over it. He's to keep his house clean. Sometimes that's harder said than done, but his house is to be an example to everybody that looks in from the outside. Then, where I want to get to, verse number six, this deals with the church. He's not a novice, uh, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall in the condemnation of the devil. Um, that simply means wait till God gets ready. Uh, don't get in a hurry. We had a, we've got a young, a bunch of young preachers in our church. They're, they're wonderful. I thank the Lord for every one of them, but they're always in a hurry. They're always ready to, and I appreciate them wanting the door open, but you got to be willing to be patient and let God work on you. Amen. Brother Michael Lindsay was with us for 15 years and, um, 
wanted to pastor, always wanted to pastor, but he never would candidate, no word. Just, he said it'll have to just be God's will, and it came to pass that it's God's will. And he left and went and pastored, and uh, he's one that he listened, he, could be, he would follow, he was, uh, he was a servant, and God has blessed him from on high tonight. Thank God for folks that won't try to jump ahead when they're a novice. Amen. Amen. And uh, let's see, that's verse number six. And um, verse number seven, moreover, he must have a good report of them with, which are without, and uh, lest he fall in the reproach and the snare of the devil. Just uh, uh, the, the religious crowd ain't going to like every preacher. And um, uh, you got to be, you got to watch the man that's well spoken of by everybody. Uh, I promise you the contemporary crowd ought to not like your preacher. Amen. Uh, but, but we ought to have a good name. Amen. When somebody asks you, is the pastor honest, you ought to be, you ought to be able to say he's a good, honest man. And uh, so that's the call to the preacher, uh, the character of the pastor. But where my heart is tonight, so over in 1 Timothy 5, and um, it uh, has to do with the congregation of the pastor. If you'll let me empty my heart here and I'll be done. Amen. 1 Timothy 5, verse 17. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the labor is worthy of his reward. In verse number 19. Against an elder receive not an accusation. But before two or three witnesses, them that sin rebuke before all that others also may fear. So uh, right off the bat tonight, from the word of God, your pastor is to be a respected man. He's to be respected. Uh, the Bible says uh, in verse number 17, that the elders, well right off the bat, elders, that's somebody that's wise, that God has appointed, amen, God handpicked your pastor and put him here, and we're living in a day when folks don't respect the man of God. Amen. Can I say that here? You are to respect the man of God. I would never call my, listen, this is just me, but I would never call my pastor by his first name. It's a respect thing. Amen. Uh, I would never, if my pastor walks up, I stand up to shake his hand. Amen. He's my man of God. He's the preacher that God used, amen, to get to lead me to the Lord, number one, and, and just revolutionize the way I, we live in our home. God used that man. It's a respect thing. But amen. It's a, it's, he's not nobody's buddy. Amen. He's not somebody's buddy. He, he's, uh, he's the man of God. I, I'll say a little bit more about that. Uh, it's never right. He said, um, uh, receive not an accusation of an elder. You know what that means? That means, that, listen, any, any Dumbo knows not to make one. He says, don't even receive one. Don't never get used to anybody running down your pastor. Amen. Don't, just make it a point, amen, that you're not going to listen to it. By the way, every church has got one. Amen. They're critical of everything. And, and they ain't going to come out and say it because they know you got enough touch of God on you that you ain't going to listen to it. So they'll give a parable. Or they'll give it in the, in the form of, hu of hu humor. 
they'll try to make it funny. But it ain't never funny to say anything about the man of God. Amen. Amen. I'm preaching directly from the scripture. Amen. Receive not an accusation of an elder. Never right to listen to a man of God. Somebody run down the preacher. Amen. Touch not mine anointed. Do my prophets no harm. Amen. It's a dangerous thing to fool with God's anointed man. My heart was broke. This is years, a few years back. I was in the darkest valley that I'd ever been in. I didn't know. I was questioning so many things. My, I was weeping myself to sleep at night. And out of the blue, a man called me. And he'd had a few problems with things going on in the church. And uh, number one, I'll tell you, the one problem he had was Brother Bobby Bolin shouting like he does. He wanted me to hush him up. I said, praise God, I've been trying to throw fire on him, for, throw gas on him for 20 years. How do you shut a man up that walks with God? Amen. Loves the Lord. You see him in Winn-Dixie. He's the same way, praise God. Amen. And he said, I want that man shut up. We met at a dinner table, and he said, I want that man to be shut up and moved to the back of the church. And I, you got to remember, I'm already full. I'm already dealing with stuff in my own life and in my family's life. And he was just pop, 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 pop. And I got to weeping. And uh, he said, what's wrong with you? He said, he said, here. And he threw a napkin over on my chest and said, uh, here, wipe your eyes. We're in public. And uh, I sat there and I just wiped my eyes. I said, I'm not going to shut Brother Bobby up. And he said, uh, well, he said, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to leave. He said, I got no confidence in you whatsoever. Don't even think you're real. He said, if you did, you wouldn't put up with Brother Bobby shouting like that. And I wept and cried and said, look, can we talk about this later? He was just like a bulldog. I come home. I told my wife, uh, I was still weeping when I got home. And uh, you guys remember now, I'm at the bottom. I'm as low as I've ever been when I pulled in the parking lot. And uh, he said, uh, I went home, told my wife, and and uh, she said, uh, you know, that's very dangerous. She said, that's very dangerous for him to do God's man the way he just done. She said, it would not surprise me if something happens. She said, that, that's, that's just not good. And uh, well, less than 48 hours, 48 hours from the time he sat there and throwed that napkin on my chest and said, here, wipe your eyes. Man, we're in public. I don't want folks seeing a grown man cry. 48 hours he went out into eternity. And I'm, I'm just telling you, it ain't about your preacher. It's about the office that he holds. It's about the office he holds. Amen. Amen. Receive, he's to be respected. Amen. Saul and David. Saul was trying to kill David. Amen. And David just, just touched the end of his garment and fell down weeping, saying, God, forgive me. I have touched your anointed. Amen. That's a, it's a dangerous thing to cause a man of God trouble. Amen. And I don't even think I'm worthy to say anything like that about me. I'm just saying it's the office. It's the position. It's a very dangerous thing. Amen. Amen. I, I love my preacher. Amen. 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 Well, he's a, he's a servant. He's, you're expecting, you respect him because he preaches. Uh, not only respect him, but respect his time. Hey, man, could I just say that the most valuable thing he's got outside of being saved in the church within his personal life, one of the most valuable things is his time. Hey, man, and you, 
you got to understand that they, he ain't, they ain't but one of them. Amen. And uh, we had this lady who would, would came to our church, still does, and she, she would run to my wife as soon as church was over. And once she got there, it, amen. But she never really did have anything to say. And my wife's getting behind, and she's, she's working in children's church, my wife is, and she can never get loose from her. And I'm thinking, man, look at all the time she's taking. I need to do something. But I got a big old eagle-eyed deacon. And he spotted it. I didn't even have to tell him. He said, hey, that gal, I mean, he said, that woman, he said, that gal. He said, that gal talked to her all the time. I said, I know, I know. He said, I think I'll stop that. I said, well, what you going to do? He said, I'm going to stop that. And he went right over there, called her over in the corner, got to weeping. Got to weeping and said, hey. He said, they're busy. They got so much going on. He said, are you, how, what you got to say that you talk to her every service for 30 minutes? Amen. I, he did. I, 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 if I paid him anything, I'd give him a raise. Amen. That's my hero. Amen. You got to respect their time. Amen. Be careful what you put on your preacher at, right before he preaches. Amen. People, people knock on my door 20 minutes before I go to the pulpit and dump some big thing. Such and such ain't coming back. Such and such ain't, such and such don't like you. Such and such said this. No, never. Listen, respect the man of God's time. He's got a message from God on his heart. This is on my heart tonight. He's got a word from God to your family. Amen. He's, listen to me. Somebody will leave here and say, well, he's saying that the pastor's not approachable. Sure he's approachable, but respect his time. Amen. Respect his time. Then respect his, time, his wife's time. Respect his wife. Listen to me. Do you know who the loneliest person in this congregation is? It's your pastor and his wife. Scared to get close to people. Scared to, I'm just being honest with you. We're scared to trust people. And some of you would fight, would fight for him. You'd fight for the preacher. But yeah, but we've had 50 or 75 more that said that down through the years. And when they got a chance, they cut us and left. Amen. It's a lonely place to be a preacher. Amen. The preacher's wife. You say, well, she's a little standoffish. If you'd had your heart broke and crushed as many times in the last 25 years as she had, you'd be standoffish too. Amen. Amen. Feel like you can't talk to nobody. You, don't, you want somebody to talk to. You want, you, you'd love to have a friend that you could just, just dump your heart out. Just, just tell everybody how you feel, but you're scared to. Amen. Sometimes it's lonely as a pastor. I'm going to be honest with you. It's lonely. Sometimes you don't, know, you don't know who to talk to. Amen. Then teach your kids to respect them. Amen. If you, if you run down your preacher and they leave and go somewhere else, I promise you, it's called cutting their hearing and ear off. What you do, they'll go to another church and they'll walk in, sit down, say, I wonder what's wrong with that one. Amen. I would not do it. I would not do it. Amen. Respect his wife. Respect his time. Amen. Be careful what you say and how you say to him. Wonder, wonder how many times he's had his heart broke. Wonder how many times somebody said something just hurt his feelings. You know, on our best day, we're still human beings. You ever had your feelings hurt? We can get ours hurt. 
Amen. Just be careful how we, how we talk to the pastor. Amen. I, I appreciate folks that, that respect my time, that they teach their kids to respect. It's not really respecting the man again. It's respecting the office of the pastor. I believe that's right. Protect his family. Protect his family. You know the things that's happened in your family down through the years, the problems, the heartaches. He's got the same, he's got a family that has the same thing. He has problems. Amen. Protect his family. Don't let nobody question when they're going through something. Amen. The most hated man in this church tonight is your man of God. The devil hates him. I'm telling you, in these last days, if you've got a man and you do that's God's man, the devil hates his family. And if he can't get his, if he can't get your pastor, he'll try to get you his wife. If he can't get her, he just goes down the line trying to tear them apart. And more than anything else, he works on our minds. Works on our minds. Amen. 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 They ain't but one of them. And uh, respect his time. He's to be respected. Obey them that rule over you, for they watch for your souls. I believe the Lord just put something on my heart. And uh, I'm going to read a verse, Hebrews chapter 13. You know it. Obey them that rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. Listen now. This is the, he says, uh, as they must give an account. So if I read that right, they're going to, man of God's going to give an account. Going to give an account for you that they may do it with joy and not with grief. So there's two ways that you will be in this church. You'll either cause him to pastor you with grief or joy. All right, I'm going to say his name. Well, you say it. What's your name? Jared. Right then, it went across his heart. Grief or joy? What's your name, sir? Randy. What's your name, ma'am? Connie, what, your name, sir? Jamie, what's your name in the back? Next behind you, Troy. Troy. Every time a name, every time your name comes up, he's either pastoring because of how you do, you know, how you're faithful, or how you're not faithful. He either pastors with grief or with joy. And you better believe when my name's called out, my man of God, I want him to know. I want him to be able to pastor me with joy. Because if he pastors you with joy, it's profitable to you. Would never, never, never want to cause grief on my man of God. Amen. He's to be respected. Amen. Then, look at me now. We're back in 1 Timothy 5. He's to be respected. And then in verse number 17 and 18, he's to be rewarded. Amen. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially... They that labor in the word and doctrine. Now, verse 18 lets us know that he's talking about taking care of the man of God financially. Now, he is to be rewarded, and I believe this. I went to, if I could share a little bit of my testimony at Love Valley. I went there 20, almost 26 years ago, and we had a real small crowd of about 25 people, and um, they were split right down the middle before I got there, and I didn't help things. And... Um, so they got to wanting to leave, and, and, and then they said, well, we want you to quit your job. We're going to take you full time. I, qu I quit my job of 
the only job I'd had in my life. And they, I did what they asked me to do, quit my job, but they never took me on for pay. So I had to draw unemployment and pastor. But while I was doing that, God was saving souls. And boy, I mean, people I didn't know, folks coming in, getting saved. The church is growing. I'm starving now, but the church seems to be doing great. And uh, long story short, um, a deacon walked in one day and uh, said, uh, we, uh, we got to pay you something. And uh, he said, we're going to pay you $125 a week. And I just quit a full-time job. And so they met and said, well, the pay for the pastor is $125 a week. Now, $125 is better than nothing, you know. Yeah. Amen. So I took it, and then they all left me. Every one of them left me. They never come back to church. They wanted to be sure they set the pastor's pay before they left. What a blessing that was. Amen. I'm telling you, the Lord, we're up to 200 people. I'm the least paid preacher in the world with 200 people. I promise you that. A deacon walked in my office one day, and nobody knew. Nope, nobody had asked, and I didn't tell them. And um, Brother Rick Owensby walked in my office one day, and he said, he said, what you got your paycheck there for? I thought you didn't get it till Wednesday. He said, why you got it on Sunday? And he backed up and he started weeping. He said, you got it because you need it, didn't you? You got it early because you need the money. And he started weeping. And he said, I make four times more than you, and I drive a truck for a living. And went to the congregation the very next service. They, I mean, really started taking good care of me. And I have watched the preacher come by one time during that time. That's why the deacon done that. And he said, uh, church, you ought to be ashamed for what you're paying your preacher. Well, nobody knew. And uh, he said, I, I, it's, it's unbelievable. And he said, you listen to what I'm going to say. He said, if you'll just take care of your preacher, just take care of him. He said, God will bless your church. I'm telling you, Love Valley Baptist Church has spoiled me. They have been good to me. They love me. And it don't make me, listen, it don't make me want to get lazy. It makes me want to go harder. Yeah. Amen. Listen, that crowd, they bought me a, they, I drive a truck. They put new floors in my house. They give, put cabinets in my home. They put hardwood floors in my home. They have, they make me go, make me, call me in the office and say, look, preacher, you look run down. We got uh, five days in a, in a room up in the mountains and it's paid for and I want you to leave and get out of here and here's your bunch of spending money to go with you. They take care of me and it, they love me and you will never, you'll go to a church where there's better preaching and you'll go to a church where there's better singing. But you won't never go to a church that's been more blessed than Love Valley Baptist Church. We're out of debt. We bought the property beside of us. We bought the property beside of that. We brought in over a million dollars last year. 350000 went to missions last year. It's unbelievable what God's done. But I'm going to tell you what they do. They take care of their preacher. They take care of their preacher. Amen. They love me. They, 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 they don't want me to worry for nothing. Um, they're looking, 25-year anniversary, they give me $25,000. That was last year. I said, praise God, I can't wait to 26 years, amen. Pray, 10 years, 10 years, they, 
they give us $10,000. They've always did what they felt the most they could to take care of me. And I have never, 25 and a half years, I've never asked that crowd for nothing. Nobody knows if I had a need. I, I, we, my wife and I would die before we'd let anybody know we need anything. But they love me. They love me. I, listen to me. I got men. Does anybody in this church watch after your preacher? Watch him. See, see if he's okay. Be sensitive. Amen. Most of the greatest thing you do for him is not pay him. Greatest things, pay for him. I mean, pray for him. Amen. But, but watch him and be sensitive. Has, has the Lord ever put on your heart that your pastor's struggling with something? Boy, God's blessed us with some men. I'll be struggling. You know how sometimes you're struggling in a message? And I always wondered for years where this one fellow was going. And he'd go back to the back, back there, and get down on his face and pray. Pray while I was a struggling out there. I'd, man, I'd feel this breeze from another world. Amen. I, I thought it was me. Amen. I thought I had a breakthrough. Praise God. He was praying me through. Amen. It don't cost nothing to love your preacher. In 25 years, it's proved one thing. You don't have a sissy for a preacher. You don't have a quitter. There's no telling what he's been through in 25 years. Amen. I love you, Pastor, and I love his wife. Uh, they're respected as far, I mean, around the country. You name this church and you name them, your preacher and his wife, they're respected. You take care of them. Love them. Hey, I, I wanted to shout and jump up on them ceiling fans tonight, but I just wanted to pour my heart out to you. Take care of your preacher. Love him. It ain't all about money. Be sure he don't need something. Amen. When he tells you something, don't go tell it. Amen. Get serious. When's the last time you got down somewhere by yourself and just touched heaven for him? Amen. It's easy. It's easy to say, well, the preacher ain't get striking no oil tonight. The preacher, the preacher don't act like he's studied. What if the preacher, what he done was according to your prayer life? Amen. I'd be ashamed not to pray for my preacher. Amen. He's to be rewarded. He's to be respected. And I'm, I, the pastor is the reason that you don't come in here tonight and see a bunch of nakedness. Yeah. It's not you, sir. Yeah. And it's not your family that keeps the church clean as far as spiritually. The reason that when, when women get up, you don't have to look down, it's because you got a man of God that stands. The reason you're using the King James Bible, it's not none of you. It's your preachers taking a stand. Amen. He's taking a stand. He's had the stand. He's what I call a spiritual surveyor. My wife and I was going to buy some land in South Carolina one time. We looked at it, and, um, and I was going to buy it, but we couldn't find the boundaries. And uh, what a surveyor does, he, he finds out where the boundaries are, and he marks them. Amen. Amen. So I was looking. I, I asked this neighbor, I said, where does the boundary go? He said, it stops right there at that tree. And uh, so I went to the other side, and I, I said, hey, do you know where the boundary is? He said, yeah, this one goes all the way down to the ditch. I said, well, on the other side, I know where it's at. He said, well, it goes past that tree. He said, it, the tree where they just told me the boundary was, said, oh, it goes 100 yards past. I said, 100 yards? They said, yeah. So I went over there looking, and the other neighbor come out and said, no, it's not here. It's not at that tree. It's 50 foot on the other side of the tree. Well, I'm confused now. 
I don't know if I've got an acre or five acres. And uh, I told my wife, I said, don't nobody know where the boundaries was. And about that time, there's a little lady come down. She had a little house on the prairie dress on. I knew she was saved. Not because she had a dress on, just the way she looked. Just smiling, you know, just had that hair up in a bun. And here she comes. She's walking down through there, and I just kind of moseyed out where our paths would cross. And I said, ma'am, I said, you, you've been around here? She said, oh, my whole life. I said, you ever, you wouldn't have to know where the boundaries on this little property is, would you? She said, ha, they've been a fighting over them boundaries since I was a little girl. She said, some say the line's right there at that tree. I said, yeah. So well, now some say it goes all the way down to the bottom of the hill. She said, some says it goes down to the ditch. And some says it comes all the way up here at this post. She said, uh, but I'll tell you what you do. She said, you go down to the courthouse. She said, there's a book down there. And said, you open that book to that plot and them lines, you'll find out they've never changed. Amen. You know what your preacher does? He studies the book and he marks the lines. Studies the book and he marks the lines. Your young'uns know where the boundaries are because you got a man of God tonight. Amen. Churches don't have no boundaries because they got nobody marking the lines. Amen. Now here's what happens. We get somebody from across town. They, they decide they want to come to this church. And the first thing they do is they want to move the boundaries on music. Amen. And, and see, you can't move it. You can't do anything about the boundary. The only hope you've got is you've got a man of God that'll say, well, I'm sorry. That sounds good and it looks good, but the boundary's going to be over here. Amen. And somebody will come in and they ain't got no clothes on. Amen. And your pastor will be patient he'll let them you know for a while but it won't be long he'll study the book and he'll preach on modesty he'll move the boundary where it needs to be thank God for preachers that mark boundaries amen your family knows what's sin and what's not because the boundaries are clear amen respect him he marks the boundaries amen love him amen He's to be respected, he's to be rewarded, and I've already hit this, but he's to be refreshed, encouraged, exhorted. The devil's out to do as much damage as he can to men of God. See if he gets your preacher, causes a lot of damage. I've heard preachers say this before, and I believe it, but you are one preacher away from being a contemporary or a worldly church. One preacher away. Every, now, you're welcome to disagree with me on this, but I personally believe when God wanted to bring millions of Jews out of Egyptian bondage, he raised up a man, yeah. Moses. When he wanted to take them across Jordan into Canaan, he raised up a man. That's right. Amen. When, when he wanted to uh, have a message sent to a wicked king, Ahab, he raised up a man named Elijah. Amen. When he wanted to start seven churches of Asia Minor and the gospel make its way to us, he raised up a man by the name of Paul. I personally believe God's man, if he's faithful and true to the word of God, the blessings of God are on the man. Yes, sir. Amen. That's more amen than I expected. Amen. But God blesses the man. Amen. There's a lot of blessings that the church enjoys that are on the man. Amen. The power of God and a lot of the blessings. Thank, you better thank God for your preacher tonight. 
Amen. 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 Sometimes he's, he's sick. Sometimes he's burdened down. Sometimes him and his wife's been a-weeping all morning or all evening. Sometimes he feels like he's overloaded, feels like he don't know if he's going to be able to go on. Then all of a sudden you call. But you never know that. He picks up the phone. Hey, hallelujah, glory to God. And his heart's hurting. Amen. These battles and things that they face that you'll never know anything about. You'll never know anything about. Amen. Any man of God in these last days are fighting the devil with everything they got. Amen. But see, he's not only got what he's got, his problems, his flesh, amen, everything on him that you got on you, but then he's got to be there to help you with your problems. Amen. He's worthy of being respected and rewarded and refreshed. Every now and again, every now and again walk up and look him right in the eyes and be sure your preacher knows that you love him. Be that, be that Rick Owensby. I remember one day he done a, looked in his arteries and said, you're going to have to have open heart surgery. This is Rick. He's been with me since I got there. And uh, he was laying in the, in the room, and um, a, a doctor, wasn't his doctor, come walking down the, high, the aisle there, and he was gasping for breath. Nobody around. And that doctor walked in and said, sir, your color don't look right. And immediately, right then, he went into cardiac arrest. Well, they'd done told him he couldn't put a stent in. Said they had a 10% chance of putting a stent in. He's going to have to have open heart surgery. So now, they go down, and the doctor said, we don't have a choice. He said, he's more than likely not going to make it, but we're going to put a stent in that artery. He said, I'm telling you, I don't think it's going to work. The doctor said that was the easiest stent he ever put in his life. Went right in, got him back. Then he got better. Then he had a tractor accident, broke 12, 13 ribs. Lord, I didn't even know you had that many. And uh, like to die one thing right after the other. But I'm telling you, my wife's here tonight. My daughter, he'd been just like a grandpa to my, to my daughter. That man looks after the preacher. He's well respected. He's not a ticking time bomb, you know, wanting to go off on somebody. He'll weep. He'll weep and say, hey, hey, somebody will say something bad about me. I know you can't believe that, but they do. They say something bad about me and he'll, he'll go to them weeping. and say, don't, don't do that. Don't that. So then people said, hey, this guy here, and, and you say something negative. He'll do that a couple times before he really tells them. Amen. Amen. But I thank the Lord for that. Amen. I want to know tonight how many, how many ricks do we have here that just, you're just watching out for the preacher. You're just looking making sure, just making sure that he don't need nothing. Maybe he's down. And you don't have to get in this personal business. All you got to do is, you see his wife struggling, ma'am. You see, you just see that something's missing tonight or in a service. Slip off somewhere and pray for her. Walk over to her. And t there's no telling, no telling what she might be going through. I tell you, some of my most favorite people in the world is a faithful preacher's wife. Amen. 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 Send them a card. Tell them you pray for them, provide for them, protect them. Pay attention to them. Not only in their preaching, but pay attention to them. I got a guy, 
I went to school with. He's been there for 25 and a half years. I've been there about two months longer than he has. He sits on this side of the church. He's built like a stack of bricks. And he carries a nine millimeter with a red dot. Can shoot a fly at 20 yards. And he sits right there. And uh, when I come over here to shake hands or something, he walks right here. You would never know it if you was there. And he said, the Lord told him, I just want to watch over my preacher. Just want to watch over my preacher. I say, praise God. I start preaching hard when I look over and see him. He'll get, I'll get to preaching hard. He'll get back here, just rub that nine millimeters. Man, I start calling people names. Amen. No, I'm just kidding. Here's what you can do for your preacher, and I'm done. Be sure you... He knows you love him, that you got his back, and pray for him. Pray for him. Be faithful. The greatest thing a person could do for me at Love Valley is be in their place. I may not get to them. I may not get to everybody to tell them, but I, it's a blessing when you don't have to make sure. You don't have to call them, and you don't have to encourage them, and you don't have to go after them. You know they're there. Be right with God. Amen. Take care of him. Be sensitive to his needs. And I promise you, if you'll take care of your preacher and you'll pay attention to him and you'll, you'll encourage him, he's not the kind to take advantage of it. He's not the kind. If he needs something, pray it in if you ain't got the money to get it. Amen. Pray it in. I'm telling you, Love Valley Baptist Church takes good care of me. I think it's the right thing to do. I think, amen. When, have you, when's the last time somebody sat him down and said, how are you doing? What do you need? What can we do for you? Hey, I tell you what, Brother Rick, Brother Michael, and my four, five, six men, they speak up. Praise God. They ain't scared to stand up. Say, I, hey, our preacher, I had mold under my house one time, and it liked to kill me before I knowed it was there. And uh, old Brother Rick, old Daddy Rabbit, Deacon, Brother Rick, he got wind of it. Amen. And he went to all the men and said, how much is it going to cost him? I don't know none of this. I'm going to get the mold took care of. Well, it was $10,000. And we start talking to the man and said, uh, uh, he said, it's going to be $9,800 and we're going to do this and put all this new stuff down. And I said, well, we got to have it done because... You know, it's going to kill us. And uh, he said, well, it's already been paid for. Yeah. Yeah. My wife's mother died 25 years ago. We didn't have enough money to bury her. And so we had to get it on the credit. We're making payments. And I made one payment and went back to pay it. And the man at the funeral home said, somebody come in here and paid it all. And I heard that Brother Rick done it out of his pocket. Yeah. No wonder I like him. He's, a, he's God's man. He's God's man. More than anything else, he prays for me. Amen. I hope this church has got a bunch of Rick Owensby's and Michael Lindsay's. God will bless you. God will bless you if you'll be faithful and be in your place and get under a burden to pray and be there for your preacher and his wife. Amen. Thank you, brother. God bless you. You have done an outstanding job, too. I appreciate you. Thank you.